0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon J.J. Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. 3, 2, 1 live we're on greetings it is uh tuesday night and i've got some questions here that i am going to ask for my facebook live q a tonight and if you have any questions and you're out there and you're watching please feel free to post as ever and i will attempt to answer them if i can um and if i don't see them or don't answer them i will chase up them later because i don't always know where they come up uh, get caught out sometimes so number one numero uno recovery after liposuction will a weekend be enough recovery I have a sedentary job uh, not me well I, well I guess I do have a sedentary job as well but uh, this is the patient asking um, the uh, I hope the audio is okay mic'd up I have got the one in my ear this one looks a bit better um it, the answer to that question is it depends on the amount, the volume of liposuction and the area of the body that the liposuction is being performed, so you can do large volume liposuction uh, which does knock you back and uh, can have extensive recovery um, or you can have just sort of small areas that, that will have less of a recovery so there 's obviously a spectrum. But the general answer to that question is I would say that I don't think – a weekend, I think she was thinking of having it like on a Friday and then going back to work on the Monday. I don't think that's enough recovery, um, really. I think it it, it is oh, – there, oh, there was more to that, wasn't there? There was when can I see the results and things. Will the results be immediately obvious? Yeah, there's more to that now I remember. Um so I don't think a weekend will be long enough recovery. I think, it, it, well, I know you do feel quite battered and bruised, and it is a bit uncomfortable. And I think you will still feel uncomfortable on the Monday. Um, and I would say, again, it depends on the, you know, how much liposuction. But a few days to a week off would be what I would, what sort of time scale I'd be looking at. Um, so if it's just a small area, then maybe you, if you don't have it on the Friday, say, maybe you could go back on the Wednesday if it's a small area. But probably, oh, awesome, we've got some questions coming in live. Thanks, Shona. Um, I can answer that to you live in real person, can't I? But I'm going to answer it to you here now anyway. Um, so, um, ooh, what was I saying? uh yeah it depends on the amount of liposuction i think i was saying so obviously if it was a it was a small amount of liposuction you might be able to go back on the wednesday but really i think if it is anything significant like maybe i don't know hips or, or or what have you um i would say a week would be safe to have off will you see an immediate result yes you will see an immediate result but there is swelling the swelling comes pretty quickly so um you will get an idea of you had look straight away, but you often have some kind of pressure, either a dressing or a garment on afterwards, so you may not see it. Obviously, by the time in the, that uh, we change dressings and things like that, it might be a few days or a week that's passed and so there'll be a bit more swelling at that time um the bruising takes a week or so to, to settle the sweat and the bruising can track so the bruising can be lower than where the liposuction was performed for instance if you're having it on the hips you can get bruising with your thighs um just because of gravity so the bruising's there for a week or so the swelling can be there for a few months um um and um so I normally say people get an idea of where you're going to be with regards to the final result at around three months. Uh, it has, does take a bit of time for it to uh, to settle down. It won't be fully settled by three months, but that's when you get an idea of where you're going to be. So it does take a bit of time to settle. It's not like an immediate, um, me- well, there is an immediate obvious result, but it takes, but things are swollen, so the, the the waters are muddied a bit to start off with as it were and so that's good so you've got a job. so what should I do should I answer my questions here or my live questions I'm going to do I'm going to do Shona's question here we've got it in live and I'll come back to my pre planned ones how long is MasterPexy recovery going along the mass the um, recovery theme so uh, recovery th- um, so MasterPexy uh, is um, a fairly big operation takes two and a half, three hours under a general anaesthetic, um, the, you have all these, tape. well for me anyway, I tape, I put all these tapes on, uh, everyone's different with, with dressings, but I, I put all these um, these um, tapes on your breasts, so you come back from theatre with all these tapes on, we give you a post-op bra which you don't necessarily have to wear for the first week because the tapes will do the job of a bra, after the first week you do need to wear a bra. Um, you're in hospital overnight i try trying to avoid using drains these days so I don't use a drain which is like a tube going to a bottle so um, I don't don't use those um, but for mastopexy, I don't um, so you're in hospital overnight see how you are the next day if you feel up to it the next day then you can get off home the next day um, and uh, then I will see you at a week to take your dressings off. For that week, you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable, a bit swollen, and a bit tight. Everything feels a bit tight, and you're not going to feel like doing much after that week. All those dressings come up after that first week, and then you just need some cords in your bra. And um, the shape will look a bit strange, so you have to be prepared for that, and that's, not, that's something we'll talk about in the clinic. Uh, and I'll show you photos of how it settles. But um, uh, with regards to recovery, um, the second week you'll be feeling better and you'll be pottering around the house and feeling better about, you know, doing things. Um, I normally say two weeks for driving, but you might be okay at a week. It's hard to be too general about things like driving. you got to check with your car insurance company first because they might say it's got to be a certain amount of time. But if they say it's up to the doctor, you know, two weeks is safe. Sometimes people are great at a week. Sometimes people are still a bit sore at a week. So it's tricky to know whether I can say you would definitely be okay after a week, but two weeks is safe for driving. Most of the times with work, if you're working from home or you know doing things on a computer at the second week, you would be doing it. But um, if you're working, if you have to drive to work and things like that, then I normally say two weeks um, before you'll be driving to work. And then you already want to ease into it. So maybe phase return or you know, light duties just to start off with. And it'll be four to six weeks before you're up to full speed with regards to lifting and heavy things like that. Um, if you're doing the gym, you want to be doing low impact things like the stepper, but not too much with your arms. Um, you know the the the, the 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 bike, the exercise bike, just lower body stuff, uh, low impact, not running and things. Um, after two weeks, and then again four to six weeks before you're doing anything too crazy with your upper body, just because you make it swell and what have you. So that's the general recovery for um, mastopexy. Um, back to schedules. Question two: um, Polyurethane implants. Um, I'm worried they may lead to cancer. They not not me. This is the patient. This is the question. Um, they've been suggested they have a teardrop optimum implant. Can I, and they're having surgery soon. Can I get this is not my patient. This is another patient asking me this question. Um, just to be clear on that. Can I get the same result with a mentor implant? Um, yes, you can. So. Um, oh, here we go. A little self. How's it? oh hi Elena that's it I'm doing it now I'm doing it I'm doing your question now look at that live you're there fantastic um so yes uh the difference between polyurethane and mentor implants real self-member thank you thanks hi Elena so uh so can I get the same result with a mentor implant yes you can get the same result with a mentor implant um polyurethane when I started using polyurethane implants I don't know how long ago that was five six years ago um Maybe more. Anyway, when I started using polyurethane implants, patients used to say to me, can I see some photos of some of your cases with polyurethane implants? And I put together a slideshow of patients with polyurethane implants. And then I realized, actually, what's the point in doing that? Because it just looks the same as silicone implants. You can't tell by looking whether you have polyurethane implants. The reason for having polyurethane implants is not the look of it. They look the same as silicone implants. And they come in the same sort of dimensions as silicone implants. So when you have, you have round, you have low, medium, high, extra-high profile. With teardrop, you have low, medium, high, extra-high profile, but also you have teardrop, round base, oblong base. Um, so you get different bases and things like you know oblong base in a horizontal way, oblong base in a vertical way. So there's different dimensions of implants, but you can get a broadly similar dimension of implant in a silicone variety. The point of having a polyurethane variety is not so much for the, how it looks, you can get a similar result with a silicone implant. And if you showed a result of a case, of a breast augmentation case to a plastic surgeon and said, is that a polyurethane implant or is it a silicone implant, they wouldn't be able to tell. The reason for having um, polyurethane foam implants is not the look. So, you know, can I get the same look with a mentor implant? Yes, you can. The difference between polyurethane and uh, mentor or other types of silicone implants is the risk of capsular? Well, there's a few things to be honest, but one of the big, the big one is the risk of capsular contracture. In that polyurethane implant, got a very low risk of capsular contracture. They've also, particularly when you're looking at a teardrop implant, uh, here we go. Got, got my props. Got my props here. Uh, so that's a. Can, I, can you see that? that's a teardrop. How do I show it? That's teardrop. That's teardrop implant. Teardrop silicone implant. Teardrop polyurethane implant. Um, so uh, there's a risk of rotation. So there's got a line. There's a risk of rotation with a with a with a teardrop implant. You don't get that with a round implant, and that risk is less with a polyurethane foam implant. It's less risk of rotation with a polyurethane implant compared to silicone implants because the tissue grows into them and so they're much less likely to move so that's one positive about polyurethane implants the other positive about polyurethane implants is that they've got a much lower rate of capsular contracture compared to silicone implants so that's the good thing but as in anything in life there's obviously bad things and the bad things with polyurethane implants is that the thing about you saying are you worried they may lead to cancer years ago they took some stuff off the off the polyurethane foam They injected it into rats, and the rats got cancer. So that's where the cancer risk comes. You say, oh, my goodness me, they cause cancer in rats. True, they do. Um, The fact of the matter is, though, the stuff that they injected was called 2,4-TDA. It is not a known carcinogen in humans. Uh, It is not known to cause cancer in humans. Uh, They've looked for it in people who work in the factory that make polyurethane implants. They've looked for it in... Uh, people who've got the polyurethane implants in, and they found it in very low quantities. So the 2,4-TDA is in very low quantities in patients with these implants in, nothing like the quantities they injected into the rats when they did the experiment. Um, And so the people who made the implants say, well, that experiment's not fair, what they did there, because they injected it in high quantities into these rats, but still the experiment exists. So I tell everybody this, and so you basically, the, the world we're in at the moment is you have to make an informed decision. So our job as doctors is to give you all the options and to let you make an informed decision so um, I think they're good they've got a lower rate of capsular contraction in the future which makes them from that point of view safer because you're less likely to need surgery in the future you might say hold on a minute they cause cancer in rats I don't fancy them in which case that's absolutely fine don't have them there's no problem with that Um, but as I say it is an experimental risk it's a theoretical risk they have not been shown to cause cancer in humans this is aside from the ALCL thing. I don't want to get into too much. But <laughs> ALCL is a type of cancer associated with breast implants, um, which is a cancer of the capsule, which is nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It's nothing to do with polyurethane or or uh, silicone. They can both uh, have uh, ALCL. Um, so this is a different. This is it wasn't actually a breast cancer. The bladder, uh, the the rats got. Um, so it was um it, it it was it was not associated with the with the the, the um the, the breast that the cancer that was caused but it was caused so the, be- the bottom line is uh, elena you need to have a talk with your surgeon and weigh up the pros and cons do your research do which is what you are doing which is fantastic um i think i've directed you to a blog on my uh, website where i talk about polyurethane implants And you can make your own judgment on them. And if you don't fancy them, you can always go for the silicone implants. We used to use polyurethane implants only people with capsular contracture. I do offer them to people first time now. So I'm assuming you're a first-time breast augmentation patient. So I do offer them to people first time. But if you're not sure about them, you can always have silicone implants and then see how you go. And if you do have a problem with capsular contracture in the future, you can always then go and have polyurethane implants at a later date. There's no problem with doing that. So that might be one option for you. something to consider. So I hope that's been helpful. I hope that's answered your question, Elena. Um, I've done this about the lift and implants. So yeah, lift and implants. This is a big one. Lift or implant? Do I need a lift or implant? I get this question a lot. And the bottom line is the reason that people ask that question is because they've got too much skin. Too much skin on their breast. The shape of the breast. The, the breast is droopy or sitting low or whatever um and they, there's too much skin because usually because the skin has been stretched you're very welcome elena i'm going to like that comment um usually because this so the skin has been stretched by something um either the, the classic things that do it are weight so putting on weight and then losing it putting on weight's fine but then losing it's the problem or having children because your breast gets bigger stretches the skin then the stretching force goes you know milk milk comes in and then it goes so whatever happens your skin's stretched stretched by something and then the stretching force goes and um, that means you've got too much skin so that is the bottom line problem that's why people have a droop or saggy breasts they've got too much skin so you need to tighten the skin two ways to tighten the skin you can either cut it out which is a lift or you can fill it which is putting an implant in so it's Hard to say whether you need a lift or implants. Both can sort of tighten up the skin, if you like, or fill the skin. Implants are good because they don't give as much scarring as a lift. There's a lot of scarring and complications associated with a lift. So a lot of people don't fancy a lift, which I totally understand. But they don't lift the nipples. If you have implants, it doesn't lift the nipples. If your nipples are sitting low, they'll still sit low. You can fill the volume with the implants, but they'll still sit low. So that's why you need to look at photos of people who have been sort of borderline for a lift and haven't had one and just had implants. And I've got to say, you've got to be a candidate for it. You've got to be borderline for a lift. Some people who are well into needing a lift. If your breasts are sitting really low, then you can't have implants because the implants will sit here. Your breasts will sit really low. So if, if your breasts are sitting low and you want the breasts to be more perky, the best treatment really is a lift. And a lift will, will make your breasts more perky. Um, the problem comes if someone says they don't want uh, a lift and if they don't want a lift then you can uh, get uh, some way to getting the result with implants alone but as i say it doesn't lift the nipples Um, the shape of the breast isn't uh, improved to the same extent as it is with a lift although the scarring is less and the other thing is it has to be a certain size of implant i'm usually in my practice i'm usually you know trying to get smaller implants because the smaller the implant the the easier it is to hide it and to get a good result. But when you're putting, when you, someone's got a bit of a droop to the breast, you need a certain volume of implants to sort of do the job to take up the slack. So if someone doesn't really want to be any bigger, uh, then that's when they really need a lift. If they want to be significantly bigger, then implants might be an option. Um, th- of course, you can combine the two. If they want to be a little bit bigger and they want the shape to be better, then you can have a lift with implants, but that's got... Uh, its own potential complications or what have you, but that's uh, that is an option to restore the shape and the volume to the breast. But you could do a, pretty much on any, or well, most cases, if the, if the shape's an issue, a lift will will improve the shape. But a lot of people, if they don't like the thought of having scarring and what have you, then you could have implants, with the proviso that it won't lift the nipples, and you need a certain volume of implant in order to have an effect to fill the skin, if you like and you'd have to be comfortable with that volume of implant. So, like anything, it needs a discussion, really, in the clinic. It's hard to answer in a um, non-clinic environment, but that's the viewpoint from yours truly on that. So that's that's me. I'm out. I'm out of questions. Um, I'm going to declare myself out at this stage. Um, I have had a a plethora of uh, questions come in live, which is nice. Well, one but also Elena commented as well, which is good, and I'm going I'm to um, go now, um, so I hope that's been useful, and I will be back at 7 o'clock next week for my Q&A session, so if you've got any questions, please email me, Facebook me, Twitter me, tweet me, or do whatever you want, and I will be very happy to answer them. So I'm checking myself out. I'm ending this live broadcast. And thank you for your participation and your thumbs up. Look at that. That's nice having thumbs up across the screen. I don't know how you've done that, but that is very um, nice to see. Uh, So uh, have a nice evening and I'll see you this time next week. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ.